Good morning again to your church. I um, wasn't confident that I would have a voice this morning. <clears throat> the last three or four days of our um, singing tour, I just hit a wall and my voice just went almost completely gone. I was just whispering. And um, Friday night, I had a little bit more in the tank, but not much. So I've been praying this morning that I would have a little something. And so I think you can hear me. Can everybody hear me? Okay. Okay. When in doubt, just turn me up. I am grateful to the elders for allowing me to uh, take the time off to, to go and to, to do the, the singing tour. Um, it was a, a blessing in my life, as is most often the case when you try to bless other people. God winds up blessing you more, and I felt that way uh, in our concerts. Uh, we were trying to pour out and fill up people's cups, and God just kept just filling me up, filling me up. So I'm grateful to the shepherds here uh, for that opportunity. Um, they knew how much that meant to me and how much a part of my life that that music ministry has been through the years, and um, we need to do that which feeds our own souls. Uh, we find energy from doing that which we're, we're blessed with and we have gifts and we all need to find those areas in our lives where we have those gifts because you get energy from using your gifts in service to God. And I know that I did, even though I was worn slap out, um, came home last night. We had been in central time for two weeks and so coming home yesterday we uh, we lost an hour when we came here, and then somebody made us fast forward our clocks another hour. So we lost a couple of hours. Um, so this morning when the alarm went off, I was not happy. I did not, I did not want to get up. I did not believe it was time to get up, but got up, I did. Um, so anyway, I, I want to share some, some thoughts with you. Uh, several things that happened uh, on the road as we were traveling, um, some of which the seeds uh, had been planted almost 40 years ago that I was able to, uh, to hear about. And uh, it's just amazing that when you cast your bread out on the water, uh, what God will, will do with it. James, I can't, I was just sitting there amazed uh, at your comments this morning and thinking about uh, this passage of Scripture that I wanted to read and how um, the Holy Spirit just seems to work all of this out. Uh, unbeknownst to you, James, of what I was going to say this morning, you shared your thoughts. The Holy Spirit is just amazing to me. Luke chapter 7. Let me read this to you, and then I'll, I'll share a few thoughts and maybe we'll get out early today. I don't know. <laughs> Luke chapter 7. We're going to begin in verse 36. This is the breath of the Lord breathing over us this morning. Now, one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him. So he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. They, they didn't sit in chairs, 
table and chairs like we have today. The, the table was low to the ground, and those that would recline at the table would, would, would lean on their sides, sometimes lean up against the table. Their feet would be out to the side, so you need to have this picture in your mind as we read. When a woman who had lived a sinful life in that town learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster jar of perfume. And as she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. And then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. How would you like to be recorded in Scripture and for it to be said of you that this was a woman who had lived a sinful life? Do, and, I, and I think how we view this woman as we read this says a lot about us. Do we view this woman, you know, with, with disdain or, you know, you think, oh, I, that's just, you know, someone that's not like me at all? Or possibly do we see ourselves as this woman? This is a woman who had lived a sinful life. She stands behind Jesus weeping, wetting his feet with her tears, wiping his feet with her hair, kissing them and pouring perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and, and what kind of woman she is that she is a sinner. If. It's a, it's a two-letter word, but it's a really big word. If. If this man that they call Jesus were a prophet, he would know. He would know better than to let this woman touch him. She's a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two men owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back. So he canceled the debts of both. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose, it's almost as if he doesn't want to put all of his weight down on, that, on this statement. I, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt canceled. That just seems kind of obvious to us, doesn't it? But it's almost as if Simon doesn't want to just come down hard on that. I, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt canceled. Jesus said, you have judged correctly. And then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I came to your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears 
and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman, from the time I entered, has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. You see, everything that Jesus is saying to Simon here, it's not that he's saying that she's gone above and beyond. He's telling Simon, she has done for me that which you should have done, that which would have been just a basic common courtesy. As they walked everywhere, their feet would be dusty. And when you come into a, a home in the first century, it was very common for uh, someone to wash your feet. Probably not the host, but at least a servant would come and wash the feet. And Jesus is saying, you see, Simon did not invite Jesus to his house to honor him. He has invited him there to insult him. He's insulted him from the very moment that he's arrived. Didn't wash his feet. Didn't, give him, didn't greet him with a kiss. These are just common courtesies, you see. Didn't anoint his head. But this woman has not, has not stopped kissing my feet, washed my feet with her, her tears, and has anointed me. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Verse 47. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, for she loved much. But he who has been forgiven little loves little. Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. As we were traveling and singing, I think it was only maybe the second stop that we had been, had been in. We went to Fort Smith, and then we went to, to Oklahoma City, uh, Dale City, actually. Um, we were staying in a hotel, and the next morning we were enjoying the awesome complimentary breakfast. Are those things really eggs? They're, they're yellow, but that's kind of where the comparison ends in my mind. They're, they're yellow, and they're in a, a thing that says eggs, but I think, uh, I'm not sure. But anyway, um, we're eating that complimentary breakfast, and um, one of the guys, that, one of the, the ladies that was helping and, and waiting was Hispanic, and he was trying to, to talk with her, and, and he was struggling, and so he actually had an app on his phone where he was talking, and, and, and it would translate it, and so they were going back and forth that way. But then he began to sing a song, as a, as a, a small portion of a song that we sing from the song, Your Love is Better Than Life, taken from Psalm 63. In a dry and weary land where is no water, my soul is thirsting for you. I've seen you in the sanctuary, beheld your power and glory. My lips will glorify you. He, he sings that uh, song in Spanish. They recorded it later um, on one of the albums. And so he actually starts singing in Spanish to the lady, and she got this big grin on her face uh, because she could understand. 
unbeknownst to him, was uh, at a table around the corner were two ladies and a young girl. The lady got up and came over to him as she heard him singing. And uh, when he got through, he turned around, and there she was. And um, she said, oh, I needed to hear something like this this morning. And he said, oh, why is that? She began to tell him the story. Um, her son, she had just gotten word that her son had taken his own life, had committed suicide. Her sister was there, and her 17-year-old granddaughter, the daughter of her son. And so we're all loading up, you know, luggage and getting ready to go to the next place. And Robert calls us over and says, guys, come over here, come over here. So he tells us the story, and we're just, you know, just blown away. And so we, we surrounded the woman, and we just began to sing to her. His divine power has given us everything, everything we need for life and godliness. Through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness, Second Peter 1 and 3. And so we began to sing over her, and then we uh, laid hands on her and just, and just prayed. She was just weeping and weeping, and I, and I opened my eyes and I looked and I saw uh, the man's daughter, 17-year-old girl, just... It's like she even had, she had no tears. She was just almost like she was stunned in disbelief that any of this was even happening. And my heart just, I just, I just began to, to weep for her because she's going, that numbness is going to go away and she's going to begin to feel this pain, um, this tragedy that will shape her for the rest of her days. And, um, and so we prayed over this woman and told her where we were going to be and invited her to come to the next concert. I don't think she was able to come, but we went and got her some music, some CDs that she could play that hopefully would encourage her and, and lift her spirits as she was headed to the funeral of her, her, her son. So I was sharing with Robert in the van later that how I was so grateful to him that he was listening to the Spirit, that he was allowing the Holy Spirit to lead him that morning. We were all just eating our breakfast and, and getting ready to load up, you know. I mean, we got places to go, people to see, songs to sing, and yet here he was allowing the Spirit to use him, to engage him with this first uh, worker there, but then this lady that so desperately needed to hear a word from the Lord. We traveled on. Um, so many people came and, and, and shared with us. Um, this one girl came up to me and she said, your music has been the music of my childhood. And um, my first thought was, well, thank you, little girl. Appreciate that. <laughs> um, I, some of you heard that I, I joined the ministry when I was three years old. So... Um, I'm only in my early 40s now, but uh, anyway. Um, yeah, it, it was just such a blessing to hear people say, your music got me through some hard times. Um, a guy said uh, a couple of nights ago that he said, I almost died during COVID, and he said, your music brought me back to life. And I thought, well, that might be a little overstatement. God maybe had something to do with that, but, but you know, the music was there to encourage him and, and, and lift his spirits. Um, Monica put this up on the board. Um, when we were um, 
in Whites Ferry Road, that's down at West Monroe, Louisiana. The Whites Ferry Road Church of Christ has been a great church for many, many years. There are a handful of people in that church um, that um, we would say they've been blessed financially. Uh, they, have, they could buy and sell me hundreds of times over, uh, but you would never know what to look at them. They're just, just common people. Um, they look like the rest of us, but they got a whole lot of money. And the rest of them, about 99.9% of the church, are just rough, on-the-fringe kind of people. Uh, and, they, and they've always been that way because this church reaches out with the love of Jesus. They have a, um, a recovery ministry. On the Sunday morning that we were there, um, the women had had a, a retreat that weekend, and there were about 300 women involved, 100 of them uh, first-time uh, attendees. Many of them had been through their recovery program, uh, struggling with drugs and alcohol, some of them in abusive situations. And so they came in that morning. They're all wearing their camp T-shirts. And they, this is during one of the songs. Uh, they were just lifting their hands in praise. They were so excited. And I kept looking over there, and I just, I, I just kept weeping. I, I barely sang hardly any songs that Sunday because every time I tried to sing, I just began to cry because these women. One of these women came to our concert um, the next night. And she was standing right at, down here, a stage right, right there by the, where the lights were. And she was just lost in praise. She was so excited. We closed every concert with three or four songs of just, just quiet worship and praise to God. And during that time, she, she was just standing with hands uplifted, just praising the Lord, praising the Lord. And again, I just had to stop singing because... Uh, I'm glad that all the guys don't have the problem I have because we, we wouldn't have sung very much. But I just got so choked up. And when I walked off the stage, I went down and I, I kind of tapped her on the shoulder and she just kind of like, what? And Like I'd woken her up. And uh, I just gave her the biggest hug and I said, never stop praising God. Never, never uh, quench the spirit that you have tonight. And so she came and saw me afterwards um, back at the tables. She began to tell me some of her story of how she um, was overcoming alcohol addiction and drugs. She had sex trafficking and how she had sold her body to, to, to get money to buy drugs. And, and um, James, I, that's why I chose this passage. It just, it just reminded me that he who has been forgiven much loves much. And as Jesus told Simon, he who has been forgiven little loves little. The problem that we religious people have is that we don't think we've been forgiven much because we don't think we're that bad. We don't think we've sinned that much. Oh, we know we're sinners because the Bible tells us we, we admit to, you know, a few things here and there, but we don't see ourselves as a woman who lived a sinful life. We don't see ourselves as a man who has lived a sinful life. We just see ourselves with a little sin. 
But Jesus was very plain to Simon. He who has been forgiven little loves little. These women, every morning when they looked in the mirror, they see themselves as someone who has struggled with alcohol and abuse and sex trafficking and drugs. And they, they very readily tell you, man, I was bad. I was really a bad person, and, but, but Jesus has done this. And I told this woman that I'm sharing with you about, I told her, I said, you know, that's what you used to be, but you're not that woman anymore. You've been washed. You've been sanctified. And she said, you know what? I don't even, I don't even know her anymore. I don't even know that woman anymore. And I said, that's because that woman died that woman isn't alive anymore. She died with Christ. I said, you died with Christ when you gave your life to him. When you came to him in faith, when you were baptized into Jesus, all your sins were washed away. That woman doesn't exist anymore. She's gone. You've been washed. You were that, but you're not anymore. And she was just praised. She was just praising Jesus. And again, my, my cup just, God just kept filling my cup. Later, that morning, I went to Bible class. Anybody recognize this guy? <laughs> that is one rough dude. Um, he's a shepherd in the church there. I want to see one of our shepherds look like this. A bandana, sunglasses, Duck Dynasty beard. Landon, I just can't see that. I can't see it. I think Mark could grow that kind of beard maybe with some time, but uh, I don't know about the rest of you. Um, he teaches a class every Sunday morning for visitors. Um, it's basically the same class. I was asking about it later. It's the same class every Sunday. Do, do those symbols, do you recognize those symbols, church, from, from our Wednesday night class, uh, part of the three-circle gospel? Jesus came to the earth. He died on a cross. He was buried in the tomb. On the third day, he was resurrected. And one day, he's coming back to take his bride, the church, home with him. Man, he just, he just laid it out, man, just the, the, the simple gospel message that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life, and that you could do that. And then he, he stands up and says, anybody want to be baptized this morning? Anybody ready to give their life to Jesus? I mean, most everybody, I guess everybody there were, were Christians, and a lot of people come just to, just to, to see him. But, um, yeah, that was a fun class, watching Phil do his, do his thing. In Little Rock, Arkansas, we were uh, at the Pleasant Valley Church, and this girl came to meet with us at our meet and greet. Her name is Holly. I asked her, I said, can I share can I share your story Sunday morning? She said, yes, feel free. Uh, she grew up there in the church, had, had been listening to our music all of her life. Her parents were, were um, fans of, of a cappella, and she grew up just listening to our music and uh, knew all of it. And she said, when I got in high school, I began to, to make some choices, poor choices, and... Uh, kind of went down a, a long road of, of, of drinking and drugs and addiction. And she said, uh, I finally got into rehab. And she said, your music, music that I had known all my life, said it kept grounding me, just kept bringing me back 
giving me something to hang on to as I was going through uh, some, some hard withdrawals and, and rehab. And she said, it just made me, uh, made me feel close to God. And she said, now, um, I think she said in a month, she will be five years clean and sober um, and bright-eyed, uh, in love with God. She's since found a man. They've been married for two years. And um, she said, my life is wonderful. And she said, I just want to thank you guys for the music that you've put out there, for how it has touched my life and, and, and kind of kept me grounded uh, in the scriptures. The lady... Um, there was the spiritual director of the camp but of, of the, the women I was showing you at White's Ferry Road. She was sharing some of her testimony with us, and she said she, her mother had been murdered when she was younger. Um, several years later, her father was incarcerated and is still incarcerated, and she said, I went through such dark days, dark days. And she said, as I was trying to come out of that, she said, I was trying to read the Bible, trying to read the Bible, memorize scripture. She said, I just could not. I just could not understand it. I could not comprehend. I couldn't keep it in my mind. And she said, I began to listen again to, to your music. And all of those songs that some of them are just verbatim scripture. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. That's Ephesians chapter 3. That's a song, verbatim. And she said, I began to listen to that music, and she said, I began to, to be able to memorize Scripture because of the music. And I began, it's hard for me to even quote that Scripture without hearing that song in my mind. I just want to sing it, but... <clears throat> not going to this morning. Um, so it was such a blessing um, that God was allowing us to, to share this music with people, and, and they're sharing their stories with us about how it has really helped them uh, maintain a relationship with the Lord. I began to think about those, uh, those women who were so willing to share their stories with me of, of recovery uh, and, and of what Jesus had done for them and thinking about how so often I think maybe we struggle with that reminded me again of another parable in Luke chapter 18 beginning of verse 9 to some who were confident of their own righteousness and look down on everybody else. Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself. God, I thank you that I am not like all other men. <laughs> thank you that I'm not like other men, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. He, he's telling this to God. <laughs> These are the words he's speaking to God. God, thank you that I'm not like other people. 
You know I, I fast twice a week and, and give a tenth of everything I have. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven. But he beat his breast and he said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. How we view ourselves before a holy God really says a lot about our relationship with God. When we view ourselves as someone who's very religious and who is really better than all the other people around us, and if we're honest with ourselves, we do view ourselves that way a lot, don't we? I'm not that bad. I'm a pretty good guy. I've never killed anybody. Oh, I've thought about it before, but I've never done it, you know. I've gotten angry, but I've never acted on it, you know. We, we, we tend to justify our own actions, and we view ourselves more highly than we should. We think of ourselves as better than most people. But when you stand before a holy and a righteous God in whom there is no darkness, nothing but, but purity, goodness, love, mercy, compassion, we all fall so short, even the best of us. The prophet said that even our good deeds before that kind of a God are just like filthy rags. Even the best of us, even the, the best that we can do, as good as we can be, the most righteous works that we could perform in view of a holy God are like filthy rags. And yet God demonstrates his own love for us in this while we were still sinners. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. How could you say no to this man called Jesus? I, I just can't understand how we could say no to that kind of love, to that kind of mercy. The only place where you will find forgiveness. I want us to be a church where the prostitutes, the addicts, those who are covered with tattoos, whose hair is long, whose hair is shaved, who don't smell maybe as good as we would like, I want them to feel welcome here. To come here and to be changed by the power of God, the power of the Spirit. And Lord willing, we will be that church.
because I know that, that there's something moving. Something is moving in my heart, and I, and I trust and I believe that it is in your hearts as well. The Holy Spirit is, is creating a desire within us to share, to go out and to invite the poor, the blind, the crippled, and the lame to feast at the banquet table, to pull up a chair at the table of God, even though they're maybe on the fringes of our society. But those of us who know Jesus, willing to invite them to the table, to a place where they can belong, maybe for the first time in their lives, to fit in somewhere, to belong in the body of Christ. Thank you for letting me ramble this morning. You say, Rodney, it's no different from any other Sunday. <laughs> Maybe not. All things are ready. Come to the feast.